Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. And I'm going to read from the eternal Word of God, John 20 and verse number 30 today. And I pray that this will be a blessing to you. Sermons have seed. In other words, they're, they're spawned by something much like songs. And it's, it's a thought or a word. Or the Spirit of God moves on you concerning a certain thing. And a message is born from that. And that's how this came about today, and I'll share it with you in just a moment. Verse number 30, if you're there, shout amen. amen. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> the Son of God. And that believing, you might have life through his name. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day and the place and the time and the wonderful singing the good congregation singing, Lord. The prayer room this morning and the Sunday school lesson for the altar of prayer. And when I just ask you to help me, for oh Lord, fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Preach me to the glory of God my Father. Be honored with what's said. Help me be accurate in the scripture. Save the lost one here today. Someone in this room is unsaved, no doubt and needs the Lord today, not tomorrow. Now is the accepted time. And I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit, the, the, the third part of the Godhead, would draw today as only he can. And you'd be pleased with what I try to do, Lord. I'm the least of any that you ever called. Use me one more time. In my king's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. So Pat and I left Thursday afternoon, headed down to see the kids in Mount Juliet. We got there and had Joe Beth got off from work, fixed us something to eat for the daughter-in-law. We were there and, and uh, Colin is going to be three years old in April. And I get a lot of messages out of a three-year-old boy. This one's no different. So he's gone into this routine now that first it was that he went in, you had to go in and lay down on the bed with him, Paul, and he told you a story. And he'd talk himself to sleep. But now it's to the point that he wants you to lay down on his bed and you tell him the story, Brother Junior. And it's, 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 it's not in the norm that Pat and I are there. So, of course, she or I won is going to get the, draw the straw to tell the story. And it was Pa. And he said, I want Pa to lay down. 
and tell me a story. So it's this whole routine. They go through, they turn the lights out. He's got this fish thing over here blowing fish in the water and it's just a bunch of noise going on. <clears throat> we laid down. And so his imagination it can get a little wild sometimes. You, you, he, he comes off though. I don't know where he gets this stuff. He's just like his granny. <laughs> and we're there. And, and so I'm, I'm starting to tell him a story. And I pick one. I said, well, your daddy and I, he likes the boat. And I said, your daddy and I one day and I'm spinning this big yarn and, and he interrupts me in the middle of the story and he said Paul tell me the story about Jesus <laughs> that's the story I want to hear I want to preach to you for just a little while this morning on the story of Jesus Christ. You see, in this world, in, in, in this particular passage, we'd see the signs, we'd see the writings or the scripture, we'd see the sun, we'd see that Jesus life eternal. So concerning that life, if I was to give you the story of Jesus the Christ, and, and I couldn't because He's everlasting and everlasting. I couldn't just begin to speak about him in the, in the realms of heaven because I wouldn't know, Brother Roland, where to start and I wouldn't have no place to end because from the very beginning, before there was a beginning, there he was. From the beginning, from the foundation of the world, he was slain. So it is unlimited if I was to begin to try to tell the story of Jesus the Christ outside this earth. But on the earth, he has a limited story. And so there, let me give you this story of Jesus the Christ here on this earth. It would begin, well, he was slain before the foundation. In about seven 40, go from 740 B.C. to 750, depending on who you read after. Let's, you go all the way back there. You have a king whom Isaiah the prophet's speaking to, and he said, the Lord's going to give you a sign. He said, I don't want a sign. He said, he's going to give you one anyway. That's like those that don't want to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, listen, friend, he's going to give you that option. You can either receive him or not. But he's given the option today. And he said, behold, a virgin shall conceive. If you're carrying a book they call a Bible and it says anything other than virgin right there, throw it away and get you one that says virgin. You take the virginity that way from the birth of Christ and he's just like any other man. But behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. It's about 750 years later on a hillside in Nazareth. Why do you say that? Because I've been there. Reminds me of Tennessee. It's just up and down, hills. And somewhere on the hill there, 
maybe in the house, maybe connected to the house, maybe in the garden, maybe in the morning time or maybe in the afternoon or maybe in the evening. The angel of the Lord appeared unto a little maid, maid who was a virgin. I use the maid, word maid there so we will understand that she was young. And the angel of the Lord appeared in her and said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give him unto him the father David. And he shall rule rule over the house of Jacob. That means both the north and the southern tribes come together. He shall rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary answered and said unto the angel, how shall this be seeing that I know not a man? The word virgin here for point number one was the virgin birth. It means pure or untouched. How shall this be seeing I know not a man? He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You want the story of Jesus Christ? You'd have to start with a virgin birth. You'd have to start with a little girl that is never touched by a man, but was touched of God. Hey, that's who we worship today. Without that, he's no different than anyone else. But God moved upon a virgin who had never knew a man and planted the seed of himself in her womb and the only begotten son of God was born, hallelujah. Thus begins the story, the virgin birth. We don't have much about Jesus, concerning Jesus' life in record of the scripture until he's about 12 years old. And there he is at the temple. They've come to do what they're supposed to do. They've gone away. Jesus is at the temple asking questions. I believe he's telling them some things. And when they got all tore up, they couldn't find him. And they come back, I heard... Dr. Cal Ray, who will be preaching tomorrow night, by the way, here. And, and Cal said this one time. He said, every day away from God will take you three days to get back. And he gets it from that story. And they came back. And there he was. And he said, wished you not that I should be about my father's business. Don't you know Joseph is thinking, hmm, he's not talking about me. And the Bible said right there. So we begin the story with a virgin birth. But we continue the story with a virtuous life because the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. The word virtuous means to have no vices. But he was, but we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all manners tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Amen. There's the difference. 
the sinless, the God-man, who? Jesus the Christ, from a virgin birth. If you got problems with that, you got problems with God. Amen. To a virtuous life. I mean, lived in this world. And look, I know we're in a modernistic world. Things are different now than then, Brother Gordon, but people are the same. Yeah, they talked about each other back then just like they do now. They got angry over things then just like we get over angry over things now. It was different things, but the anger's the same. They had family disputes and problems then just like we got now. Don't you know, Mike Blanton said one time, don't you know Jesus' brothers really didn't care much about him because he never done nothing wrong. How about that? My papa didn't crack him. How about that? He never done anything wrong. Why is that, Brother Jimmy? Because he, had, he lived virtuously, high moral character, and without flaw. You couldn't point the finger at him and say, no, nah, I saw Jesus do Oh, no, he didn't do anything wrong. From the time of his birth, through his entire life. Say, I don't believe that, preacher. You got a problem. You got a problem. There's, there's schools of theology today that teach contrary to that, brother. About them this morning. You got a problem. Either that or tear Hebrews out. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. That's what the Bible says about him. Who's that? That's my king and my savior. If that wasn't him, Brother Branch Myers, he couldn't be my savior. There he is. People pay much mind to him. Many things more important to folks today than the virtuous life of Christ. But there he is. The story of Jesus the Christ. You'd find a virgin birth and you'd find a virtuous life. But you wouldn't stop right there. You wouldn't stop right there because his life was going to be shortened. At, at 33 and a half years, he's going to die. But he's not just going to die any death. It's going to be a vicarious death. That word means in place of. That's what that means. He's going to die a vicarious death. He come to seek and to save that which was lost, but that which was lost couldn't be saved without a sacrifice. He came to be that as well, Brother Jake. So there he is, the perfect man in, uh, from a virgin birth to a virtuous life, no flaws, no faults, never a wrong thought or a wrong thing. That's him, that's Jesus I'm talking about. Now that man's going to die for somebody like Mike McCoy. I don't believe he died for me. Let's see what the Bible says about it. Hebrews 2, I think it's verse 9. We see Jesus made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. You know what that means? He tasted death for you, Jason. 
for you, Mike, for you, Austin. He tasted death for you, Randy. He tasted death for you and you. He tasted death for he tasted death for everyone in this section and everyone in this section as well. He tasted death for every man. There's not but one could do that. It's the vicarious death of life of Christ. Died in my stead. So I don't see much. You know what you're saved from this morning? You all, you Bible students know this. We're saved from the wrath to come. You want to know what the real wrath of God is? Go home and read Revelation chapter 16 this afternoon and you start getting a little picture of the wrath of God and we're saved from that. Don't tell me, don't tell me I'm going through the period. That's the wrath of God poured out on this world. He's, if, if Paul's a liar, I'm just going to tell you, next to Jesus, they were never a preacher like the Apostle Paul. And Paul said, I'm saved. We are saved from the wrath to come. That doesn't mean we won't have tribulation in this life. Jesus said, you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In this world, you're going to have that. Is anybody with me? Do we know this morning that the story of Jesus Christ would be a virgin birth and a vicarious death? In other words, in my place, he humbled himself and become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And we say that the death of the cross now, and most people are unmoved by that. I would to God that he'd give us dreams of Calvary, just what he'd done for us. Amen. It'd change this church. it changed me. What did he do for us? Died in my stead. That was me that should have been on that cross, Michael. That, I should have been there. I was guilty, Carter, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I was guilty. He was innocent. I was wrong and he was right. Amen. He was dying, now I'm living. They said about David over there, the other us before he died, they said, he had told April, he said, I'm about to die. I said, he's not about to die, he's about to leave. Big difference. The vicarious of Jesus the Christ. This is his story here on earth. Doesn't stop there. If it did, we'd just pack our little bags up and go to the house today and pull the covers over our head and wait for Putin to throw a nuke at us. It's not the end of the story. Was there's a victorious resurrection. Sure. Wouldn't he like to be on the wall, so to speak, that morning when old Peter come running to the tomb and he's not there? <laughs> I like Luke's version. He said it like this Why seek ye the living among the yeah, dead? Amen. <laughs> 
Nebuchadnezzar. And here's what it says in Jerusalem. If you ever go in that tomb and come out, there's a sign there. He is risen. Like he said. Like he said. He is risen. Why is that exciting? Because I buried a whole bunch of my family in a graveyard somewhere. God, and he is the hope that one of these days, (laughs) hallelujah, he's about to get them up one day, praise God. And if I get to go by that way, Jimmy Pleasant, he'll get me up one day. Thought you said David didn't I left. That's right, the soul left. The thing that I that is me, this is the vehicle I travel in, and it's not much of a one, and it's getting a little too many miles on it every day. And then one of these days you're gonna park this thing in the junkyard. But when Christ brings back the part that makes it run, praise God, I tell you what he's doing. He's going to put me in the latest model. <laughs> hey, it's going to be a good one. It'll never wear out. You believe in the victorious resurrection? You know why these people lost today? Simply because they don't believe it. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I don't believe it, preacher. Then you are lost. He would that none would be lost. He's coming to seek and to save the lost. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what he's after today. He would that somebody this morning in this place would believe what's been sung and preached and taught and, and, and testified to the fact and they, they would come, they would come. Well, you don't have to come. Look, look here. <clears throat> That's something that you can blame most of that on D.L. Moody and C.H. Spurgeon. Spurgeon used to herd them off into a room, those that wanted to be saved. He'd say, how many in here today would like to be saved by grace through faith. And when they stood, they would usher them off into a room and somebody would explain that to them. And they'd call on the name of the Lord. Moody would ask them to come forward. And some say that's a Baptist thing. No, I, it's a Bible thing in this respect because Paul said it like this in Romans. said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Paul Phillips has it right. He said in revival that night, he said, when I stood up, he saved me. Why? Because he believed it. He said, I just went forward, praise God, to confirm it, but he saved me when I stood up. You know how long it takes you to believe something? That quick. You can believe something that quick. Victorious resurrection. What if he hadn't got up? He'd have been like any other man. We'd be without hope today. And the prince and the power of the air would be running this show and we'd be in trouble. We're not in trouble. No. Just the opposite. 
This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. There it is. Well, it's good that he had a victorious resurrection. But it doesn't leave, it doesn't stop there. Why does it not stop? Because there'll be a visual return. There's going to be a visual return. He's a coming back. Picture this. They wander out to the Mount of Olivet. Forty days after the victorious resurrection, they go to the Mount of Olivet. And somewhere on that hillside, Brother Junior, Jesus is blessing them, and here's what he's telling them in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Here's what he says. He says, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and the othermost part of the earth. That's where you're going to witness. And while they looked on him, the Bible said he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now that's the Shekinah. This is my... This is the glory that was in the tabernacle when they went in. It's the Shekinah glory of God. It is the cloud. It has caught him up and took him. And they're standing there. The Bible said they stood there steadfastly looking up as he's taken out. And two men in white apparel stand beside him. And said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up into heaven? Right here's a message that'll preach. You boys ought to write a song about this. This same Jesus. Not another, not a fake, not an imposter, not a counterfeit. This, who, who would this be, Tony Wilson? It'd be that same Jesus. Virgin born, lived a virtuous life. Hey, listen, died a vicarious death, had a, had a victorious resurrection. He's gonna have a visual return one day. Visual. John said it like this. He was standing there and heard him say that that day. And then he writes it in 1 John. And he said, he says, Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall. I'm not real sure what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Why is that? For we shall see him as he is. Oh, Colin boy wanted me to tell him the story. Bless God, one of these days, to see it. Richard, I'd rather he believe that than be, than be governor of the state of Tennessee. To be the home run hit batter in the World Series or to be able to sing 
like no one's ever than anything else. The number one thing that I want for that boy is this, that he believe that Jesus is the Christ. I can't imagine going to heaven without him. You won't accidentally get there. No, you'll believe this story I've told you this morning or you won't. Paul's at the Philippian jailer. Give me the podium, Mike. I'm about to turn this popping thing off. Paul's with the Philippian jailer. And this is the guy that's beat him up. Put the stripes on him. Anybody ever striped you? Maybe not with their hand, but with their tongue. They've laid the stripes on you. Paul says this. Do thyself no harm after God shook the world. We're still here. He come bounding in there and seen them old boys that had been singing praise to God. Maybe they sung the 23rd song. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Your house will, and so the 90-something percent of the houses follow the Father in what they do. You know what that is today? Tell me the story about Jesus, Pa. Here's the story, son. He came to this earth to die for an old sinner named Mike McCoy. And he rose up and he left and he promised if I go away, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Who was he speaking to there in John 14? Believers. Am I speaking to anyone today? That might be a believer. You'd like to be a believer? you never been a believer? So I believe it, preacher. No, but have you received it? Big difference in believing and receiving. The de devil believes and trembles. I believe Bill Lee's the governor of Tennessee. I never met the man. He don't have a clue who I am. But God knows them that are his. Would you bow your heads with me today as she plays soft on a piano? If you don't know the Lord, I would bid you just come this morning and say, you might say, Mike, I don't know how to be saved. And I can take the Bible and show you. Is there one in this room today that knows? Because you really do. If you've never been saved, you know it right now. 
You need something from God, Dennis. Come right here and talk. Is there someone else? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Is there someone else? They come forward this morning and say, hey, how do I need that? I need to be saved. I'm afraid to die. <laughs> you don't have to fear death when you know that the resurrection. Is there someone else that come forward this morning? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Everybody in this room that's a Christian felt the conviction that you're feeling right now. And it's a blessing of the Lord. When he draws us and we feel bad in our spirit and we know there's something wrong with us, but we want it to be right. And the only way it can be right is call on the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't you want to come? Don't you want to come? Bless God forever. Here comes another one. Somebody else won't come. Somebody else need to come? That's two that's come. <laughs> Somebody else ought to come. You know you should, and you won't be by yourself. Eh? Praise God. People up here praying. Lord's doing work today. You know why? Because of the story of Jesus Christ. Paul, tell me the story about Jesus. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming now? Would you come now? Would you come? Might as well quit putting it off. There'll never be a better day than right now. March the 27th, 2022. I called upon the name of the Lord and he gloriously saved me. I'm too young, preacher, you're not too young if you feel bad about your sin. Too old, preacher, you're not too old if you feel bad about your sin. Would you come? It's not a can't do book. It's not a list of things you can't do. It's a list of things you can do. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Would you come? Counterfeits won't make it through the gate. Imposters will never get in. It'll be those that have surrendered to Christ and said, I'll take you as Savior. Marcus, come get us up. <clears throat> are you coming? I'll make it easy on you. Stand to your feet while these are up here receiving the Lord. It's mine too. Come forward this morning. I'm, I'm looking for others to come now. Come, while, while we sing this song, I want you to listen to the words very carefully. 
that's going to help you right here. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth. <laughs>